Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Dewey Burt. You're listening to the Inside Carolina podcast. Dewey, Carolina gets out of Raleigh with a 90-82 to win over NC State. A pretty good NC State team. A uh, lot to talk about in this podcast, but your overall thoughts. I mean, still so many things to get better at, but it's it was even with that said, it was a character-building win. I mean, any win on the road you take, State's good. I mean, they've got guys that can make shots. They pressure you. They play at our pace. They're, they're deep so they don't get fatigued. And we went through spurts where we were frustratingly incompetent. It's not fair, but frustratingly uh, – ordinary and then other periods where we were really really good and I, I i love our point guard i'll tell you that uh, i'll go anywhere with that kid um but we can get into it but character building win a lot to get better at got to take care of the ball my goodness but uh a win on the road is a win on the road and that was no easy place to play so proud of our guys let's certainly start with kobe white i tweeted something out late in the game that he should never come off the court um, and it showed, especially in a game like that tonight, and we're talking about a freshman that uh, this time last year was playing over at Greenfield and Wilson, and everybody said, how's he going to do on the big stage and big-time environments? He's certainly shown that. 19 and 5, had five turnovers, four assists, but 30 minutes of action, I think his plus-minus in the ball game was 12, plus 12 for North Carolina. Carolina wins for eight. Just, just speak to seeing that from him because, quite frankly, uh, seventh Woods was not good, and he struggled mightily. And Carolina struggled handling the ball, but Kobe White came through, and he was that common factor tonight. I thought. Yeah, he was. And look, he still turned the ball over, especially a couple of times in the first half against the press, trying to throw the ball in the middle, and and uh, I think he had at least one offensive foul. But he just keeps coming at you. He's so relentless, and he plays so dang hard. I mean, I don't know that. I can think uh, he probably plays harder than any point guard we've had since Raymond. I really think that. I mean, Ty was as gifted as they come and Kendall as gifted, especially sharing the basketball. But the way this kid competes and fights reminds me of Raymond. And that, you know, inside the Carolina program is, is as big of a compliment as you can give. Uh, but yet he can, he can get so much better. I mean, he didn't shoot it great from the outside. And I really thought, especially down in the last three, four minutes there, when we were trying to kill clock offensively, he's got to demand the ball, go get it from his teammates, and and really be the one making the final decision on what's going to happen on that possession. But I think there was a little fatigue for him, and that's why he can't play all 40 minutes, because he pushes the ball so damn hard and, and is always go, go, go. Uh, so you got to have better minutes out of your backup. Seventh has been pretty solid all year. Uh, this was no question a regression or hopefully just an outlier, but he was he was not good. And so Kobe didn't have a lot of time to rest, so I think he was all, all but out of gas at the end of the game. But he just fights, and he, he plays with toughness. And already, whatever we are, 14, 15 games in, he is the heart and soul of this team. I mean, other guys bring different attributes, but as he goes, we will go. I think it's an absolute fair comparison, Raymond Felton, and you're spot on. Lawson, like you said, immensely talented, probably the most talented point guard Carolina's had. But look, Lawson didn't bust it all the time. 
Kobe White busted all the time. Did it again tonight. Again, 30 minutes, 19 points. Uh, 50% from the field, one for five from three, made some free throws uh, down the stretch. But, yeah, he, he is definitely the heart and soul of this team. Let's look at another guy. And, and by the way, I tweeted that I, I – let's address this right fast. I said it. We talked about it. I mean, I felt like Carolina played as casual a game in Raleigh as I've ever seen. And when I say that, sure, they hung 90 points on an NC State team in Raleigh, but I I don't think that's a surprise. But a lot of loose, casual dribbles, casual turnovers, just speak to that aspect of it. They won, yes. But there's a ton that can be corrected, and that's why this team can be a lot better than maybe people thought they could be after, say, the Michigan game, because the issues are effort sometimes, attention to detail. It's it's not talent, period. And Roy Williams can get those things corrected. Yeah, well, as long as they as long as they listen, I mean, the carelessness with the basketball is astounding to me. I mean, Luke May had seven turnovers. Seven. I just Ken Williams had three. Kobe five. He's got the ball in his hands all the time, but that's still a lot. And just it's not I'm like I'm squeezing my head right now because I'm trying to eloquently put this. It's not turning the ball over like we're attacking the rim and and maybe it was a charge because the guy stepped in and made a good defensive play, or there aren't they aren't turnovers of, of an attacking nature, if that makes sense. They're you know, trying to throw the ball into the middle against the press and you just throw it to the other team or we just throw it out of bounds. It's just amazing to me. And I don't I don't know how you coach that to correct it. Um, I mean, I know what he did when I was there and we've talked about this, which is you just tell your guys that, hey, every time you turn it over, whether you're on the white team, the blue team, white team turns it over, the whole white team's going to run or the whole team's going to run. And you... You de-incentivize it, right? But I, I don't know what you do to get the guys to understand the value of the basketball because the rest of the stats tell you everything you need to know. When we got a shot, we shot the ball halfway decently, but we crushed them on the glass, killed them. And so if you have possessions where you don't even get a shot and have a chance to score and or get an offensive rebound or get fouled, you're just killing yourself. And the number of times sitting on my couch that, you know, I took a pillow and put it over my face so I didn't yell and wake up my daughter because of the way they were turning the ball over. I mean, it felt like I did it 50 times. And they just have to clean it up. You cannot beat Virginia. You cannot beat Duke. You cannot beat Florida State. You probably can't beat Virginia Tech if you do not value the basketball. And despite that, we scored 90 points. We could have had 115. That's exactly my point, and I appreciate you putting it that way. These folks that are killing me on Twitter right now, that's what I'm talking about. The turnovers, the 23 turnovers against NC State, uh, but the rebounds, 51-33 in in favor of Carolina. Three guys with double-doubles. Cam Johnson starting out um, on fire and then getting injured late. I want to ask you about him. Uh, Kenny Williams with 10 rebounds. Luke May with 11 rebounds. I mean, just an all-around team effort. but like you said, they could have beaten them terribly bad in Raleigh and broken that spirit. But a win's a win. I'm going to take a quick break, come right back. We're going to talk individual players. More back, more when we come back with Dewey Burke. 
Dewey Cam Johnson went out um, with the apparent knee injury. Turns out maybe just cramps. We'll find out more later. But 15 and 11 in his 23 minutes. I mean, that guy continues to be just phenomenal for North Carolina. He was fantastic and five assists. And I, and he had a ton of those rebounds early in the first half. He was really aggressive and we've talked about it. Guy can't shoot it enough for me. And he was on his way to maybe having one of those games where he did shoot 12, 13, 14 threes. He was really hunting his own, missed a couple pretty easy, open short 10 footers, which, you know, that didn't bother me at all. Um, when he went down, it was one of those weird ones where you, you watched it and you watched the replay and you're like, there's nothing really there, which in my opinion scares you more because then you feel like it's, uh, you know, something inside his leg, something happened, something popped um, because there was no collision or big twist or anything like that. So when they, when they started stretching him right there on the court, when Doug was out there kind of pulling on his toe, it it seemed like maybe just his whole leg cramped. Um, Must've been a bad one for him to not be able to come back. I was thinking it was like LeBron against the Spurs a couple years ago where he couldn't even come back in the game, but Hopefully that's all it is, but he was terrific. And, and like I said, I, I hope there's a game here soon where he, he shoots 12, 14 threes because it feels like he's going to make every one of them. Luke May had 21, uh, six for 13 shooting. He needs to finish a little better, but 11 rebounds. You mentioned those seven turnovers, but I mean, that dude loves playing against NC State, especially in Raleigh. He does, and he made some big-time shots too. There were a couple that he made when they had – made those little spurts the number of times where it felt like we were up seven and then all of a sudden they cut it to two or up seven, eight, and they cut it to one and felt like Luke hit a couple really clutch ones, big ones, a couple nice threes in the first half. And even then, I mean, it's, I guess it's, it shows you where we are from an expectation standpoint on Luke may, but 21 and 11. And I thought he played a average game, a B minus game. If that, you know, I think he can be so much better and he's got to just, for whatever reason, he's been careless with the ball all year. And he's got to take care of the ball better. And if he does that, that's that's really the only thing you can knit on his line. Um, some stuff defensively, too. He didn't cover the ball screen great a couple times. But um, made, made timely shots and made free throws, which was critical. And I thought Garrison Brooks. I mean, 11 points and seven rebounds, but – what I like from Garrison Brooks is he played good defense, better than he has been, and he made his foul shots, and I thought that was big for North Carolina. Garrison was really good, and we talked on our In Between Game podcast about how you cover the ball screen. And if if somebody listening wants to go back and listen to that podcast and then watch Garrison, particularly in the first half on how he guarded the ball screen, he was terrific. He did it exactly how he was coached and it didn't hurt us for probably the first 10 minutes and then after he came out and they started using different guys he started using luke's man to set the ball screen kobe got fatigued and he allowed himself to get screened a couple times and they started to have more success with the pick and roll high but early in the game garrison did a fantastic job he did exactly what you need him to do. As you said, he rebounded the ball. He defended. He made the easy baskets around the rim and made his free throws and added five assists. I thought he was terrific. Indeed he was. Carolina 90-82. Uh, you know, watching the game, and then we'll talk about Nas Little. We do that on every podcast. Uh, Sherelle McMillan said it. And now for the you know Nas Little portion of the show. But um, he and Seventh Woods, we mentioned Seventh earlier, um, that's really where the casual play came from. Little did have a nice drive in the second half and scored a bucket, but 
speak to that. I mean, I don't want to knock a kid at all, but um, he did not look fully engaged tonight for whatever reason. Uh, neither did seventh. Your opinions on those on those two? They were bad. I mean, seventh especially for for my money was brutal. Uh, which is unfortunate because he's been like I said and like we talked about, he's been good for us. He's been given quality, stable minutes at the backup point guard position. But it, it seemed like as soon as he came in, the turnover, 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 and he was just outright careless with the ball. And then for Nas, I think you know maybe. I hate to say it, little deer in headlights kind of thing. I was thinking late in the second half, uh, really during his last stretch of minutes, he tried to drive on Dorn, and Dorn blocked it and kind of threw the ball out of bounds. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Dorn, I don't know what he was ranked as a kid coming out of high school, maybe a three-star or whatever he was, but he's been in college all these years. He's been in the weight room all these years, and now he's a man, right? He's strong. He knows how to play. He's been well coached. He's in incredible condition. And now I thought, I'm just going to go by this guy and kind of jump over him and do what I've always done. And he threw the ball into the second row. And so it just was indicative of the learning curve that is still there. Uh, I think, like we talked about, he's still learning how to play. He He doesn't yet understand whether it's positioning or the level you have to play at, but that was an atmosphere that he is not familiar with. And it showed to me. He was tentative. He looked lost at times. And guys that are far less talented, far less able uh, to do the things that he can do are still going to come for his throat because that's how it is in this conference. And I'm hoping that he'll learn that. He can watch some tape and talk to coach and, and try to get a better feel. But to me, it was just there's a level that you have to bring at the highest level of this conference on the road and he was not ready to bring that i thought that was apparent yeah, and he like you said i thought he looked a little nervous i mean maybe he wasn't but i've seen when guys have hard time dribbling the basketball something as simple as dribbling the basketball uh it's usually a nerve issue i think he'll come around but like you said he's got to he's got to recognize he's got to bring it a hundred percent every night um, because not only are the players good, they want a piece of them. And um, I thought Lafonso Ellis made a decent point that, you know, you're not driving by one guy anymore. you got to drive by a team. And also it's college with grown men, like you said. An interesting, you know, learning experience for him tonight. I, I think that as long as he learns from it and improves from it, then, you know, you wash it off as, hey, that was that that was that state game where I grew up a little bit, but we'll see what happens with him. But last two, I want to talk about Brandon Robinson and I'll put leaky black and Brandon together. Uh, Brandon's plus minus was not good. I think he was minus seven, but he hit a big shot, but he, along with black had become a, become a pretty good sub sub there on the wing for North Carolina, especially when Cam Johnson went out uh, with the cramp. I thought Brandon played well. I mean, his you know, as we as we know, and if anybody who really gets into analytics, plus minus doesn't always tell the whole story. I thought Brandon did a nice job, a couple good blocks defensively. He was solid, made that big three, and uh, and was by and large in the right place at the right time. And I was thrilled to see Leaky on the floor late. I've been on the record on this podcast as I want Leaky to get as many minutes as he can. I love that kid. It's funny. I was texting with. 
the head coach of UNC Greensboro during the game because he had a chance to watch a Carolina game, which is not often. And he said Leakey's his favorite player on our roster. So take that from a Division One coach of a really good team. Loves Leakey, and so do I. And uh, so great to see him on the floor late. I know he, he had a couple turnovers, and he's still a freshman. But, man, that little play in the first half where he recognized he had Beverly on him and just a couple dribbles, real patient, rise up and stroke it. Can't coach that kind of feel. So the more minutes for him, the better. Do we talk about the importance of Carolina getting this win for this North Carolina team, the 2018-19 version? It's always good to go to Raleigh. And they talk about stealing brownies or taking brownies or whatever. But for this team, um, at this point in the season, to go to Raleigh, pick up a good win, just speak to that importance um, and, and what it does or can do for a team moving forward. Yeah, what comes to mind is something that Coach used to say all the time. You know, there's that, that adage in sports, which he fundamentally disagreed with, which was you learn a lot when you lose. He hated that. He's like, I, I, he always would say, I'd rather learn a lot when we win. And I think that's what tonight was. We learned a lot about what a hostile environment is going to be like. I, I thought there were some absolutely awful calls by the refs that didn't impact our our ability to eventually win the game. And I've, I've said for years on here, good teams beat bad refs. But that's the kind of thing. Those 50-50 calls, the refs are human too. And those calls go to the home team. And, you know, when you're up by nine and all of a sudden they hit two threes and now you're up by three and the the roof's about to explode. You learn a lot from that. You learn a lot from being overly careless on the road and how it directly impacts the fans ability to get into the game and your opponent will feed off of that energy. You learn all those things, but you learn a lot by winning. And that's the best part is we got the W we're two and O we're where we should be in the conference, but so much for coach to build upon and teach from the, the carelessness to taking quality shots, to guarding the ball screen better, uh, to just simply understanding the moments that you're in, to playing those last three minutes better, coaching Kobe up, go get the ball with 15 seconds left on the shot clock, and you make the play. You're starting as a freshman for a reason. It's because I want the ball in your hands in this moment. Not Kenny, not Luke, you. Go get the ball. And they'll be able to show him that on film, even though he was tired. If he was tired – Coach can call a timeout. He used to do that for Ty when we played. When he was down the stretch, it was clear. Coach won the ball in Ty's hands. You tired? I'll call a timeout. So Kobe can learn from that. So a lot to build on. And and like I keep saying, you'd rather uh, learn a lot when you win. Indeed, Carolina 90-82 over NC State. Five guys in double figured, led by May with 21, White with 19. Three guys with double doubles, Brooks, Kenny Williams, and Luke May. Carolina total team effort. The effort could have been a little better at times, a little more uh, attention to detail oriented, like I always talk about. But Carolina goes to two and zero in the conference, looking good for the remainder, at least for the next few games. Carolina should uh, be able to win some ball games here, you know, over the course of the next two or three weeks before the schedule really ramps up. Dewey, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate you taking the time, buddy. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.